What's going on, Kansas City? You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer right here on the bet. 1660 Kansas City. And as always, you can always chime into the show via Twitter as you can at me at Kramer Talks. K-R-A-M-E-R-T-A-L-K-S. It's that simple. We can also so you can talk about what I'm talking about, which, by the way, some Royals, Kansas City Chiefs, AFC West, some bets because, I mean, it is the bet 1660. The thing is, the Field of Dreams game. Oh my gosh, what, what that was magical. That was a magical game to watch. We're going to discuss that a little bit. And some rookie quarterback situations here in the NFL. But let's get into first the Kansas City Royals and how the Kansas City Royals can salvage the rest of their season. Because granted, there is no chance the Kansas City Royals for them to make the postseason if, if it's somehow a magical chance that they actually make the wild card game, which obviously, I'm, I'm just going to say it out there, I mean, this is a, a spoiler, I guess, for the rest of the season. They're not making it. They're, they're clearly not making it. There's way too many hot teams in the AL that's uh, that's actually just going to be fighting for it, like the Athletics, the Mariners, which are the Mariners right now. Wow, impressive. Impressive last night. Even Jared Kelnick walks it off on a walk-off walk. That's impressive. The Mariners are always going to keep on going to go toe-to-toe, I guess, until they fizzle out towards the end of the season. That's just how the Mariners go. But those are the two teams in the AL that should be like lobbying for that. Also, the Yankees, if you want to throw in the Red Sox. like the, the Royals do not have a chance in order to make that American League wild card, and they have no chance of catching the Chicago White Sox at all. So if you're the Kansas City Royals, this is how you can salvage that season. Let's start off with the elephant in the room, a guy that everybody has wanted to expect to have big things for him in this 2021 season. That's Brady Singer. Right now, at this point, you need to shut him down or keep him in that six-man rotation. I mean, it's, it's either or. He had the, the the fatigue in his arm. That's the reason why he hit the the IL earlier within the past few weeks. He was just activated recently. He dreadful. It, it was not a good sighting for Brady Singer to go out there. So at this point, for me personally, I think you need to shut him down. There's so you can at least save that arm, and you know at least you can have him go for next season because. He, granted, he was there last year because, I mean, one, he was on the alternate side. Two, people were getting hurt. And three, why not try to throw the kid out there in just a 60-game sprint from last season? But this is a different season. This is a full 162. So I can understand why Brady has the has the fatigue in his arm because he's not used to playing this many games. Like, Well, I mean, Graydon, this is the first 162 for him. There's nothing like this in college. There was nothing like this prior to that. Granted, I love Brady Singer. Brady Singer used to come on, well, not come on. He would actually watch the virtual Royal season last year when me, myself, and Jay Binkley were on the 610 uh, YouTube channel. And he would always come watch his starts. His dad would always come watch his starts just to hear us talk, to talk about Brady. Heck, I even asked Brady, who's this, I'm one of the, a person he's ready to go up against Major League Baseball. And he messaged back saying Mike Trout, which that's awesome. I mean, clearly everybody wants to go against the best, and Mike Trout's clearly the best player of the team uh, in Major League Baseball. But for Brady Singer right now, 
if he's not doing it well, like give him two more starts, two more starts, and if he doesn't outshine or outperform like he's supposed to, then put, shut him down. Just shut him down or send him back down to AAA. There's no reason for him to keep him on the big club if you're going to see him fail and fail and fail every single time again. And the fact that he's not using his third pitch, the fact that he's not using his third pitch is actually not good in Major League Baseball. We've seen it from time to time now that for pitchers in Major League Baseball, if you're dominant, you have four to five pitches. He only has two. And if you're up there sitting on a fastball or a slider, that's all you're going to get from Brady Singer. That's, 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 that's it. You need, he needs to go back down to AAA, develop that changeup, or to shut him down and just have him be devoted on just throwing that changeup pitch. Because when he was on his rehab assignment down in AAA, he used the changeup about, I think it was like 30% of the time, which that's, granted, that's good. That's how you're, you need to boot, give that confidence and that boost for him to you know, use that pitch because if you are doing it, granted, the minor leagues and major leagues are two different beasts right now. There, there is. There's a big gap between the two. So if you're Brady, you do not want to develop your third pitch in the majors because if you don't know how to throw it properly, it's going to get knocked around. It, it just will. And even if you're possibly trying to work on that changeup, and I mean, I'm not going to say it, but I mean, you could possibly tip your pitch when you're trying to figure out how to like throw a new pitch. We saw it with Daniel Lynch with his glove. I mean, I didn't catch it at first, but when you keep watching it back and back and back, you, you saw Daniel Lynch with his, his tipping of the glove with the changeup. So if you're Brady Singer right now, develop that third pitch. Be more confident with that third pitch. You need to have – he just needs to go back to AAA and just, just roll. It seems like every, every single pitcher that goes sent back down to AAA for the Royals, Jackson Coar, Daniel Lynch, they've done wonders back in AAA because of the gap and the fact that they're trying to build their confidence back in AAA – in order for them to perform and shine well on the majors. And heck, I even put out a poll, this exact same question, out on Twitter, at Kramer Talks, if you ever want to join in on the polls out there. You either shut them down or keep them in the six-man rotation. And 70% of the votes said, shut them down. Which, if that's, if that's, the, if that's what the Royals fans want to do right now, then, it, granted, listen to them. Because you don't want to see this young stud, because Brady's like, what, 25? You don't want to see him lose his confidence at this age and then possibly, I'm not going to say he's going to do it, but develop the yips at the, a young age. If he has the yips on trying to throw a third pitch, that's not good. You have major league hitters right now that are just out there torching fastballs, out there torching sliders. Because if it's for Brady, it's like a, it's like a coin flip every single time. It, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess heads this time. And the heads might be the fastball. Boom, there's a home run. Because all Major League ba- Baseball hitters are the best in the game. They are. We, we see it, that There's a reason why they're there. And they, they like to guess pitches. Like If you're not throwing 100-some miles per hour, blowing it past, past the hitters, you're, you, right now in Major League Baseball, you're, you're not a good starting rotation guy. And Brady can touch it. He's like a mid-90s. He could possibly touch the upper. But, man, if you don't have that changeup or you don't have another off-speed pitch, I mean, granted, a slider is classified as an off-speed pitch. I mean, if you're left-handed, I mean, it's going to run in on you, especially how Brady throws it. But, man, what's that slider? The the furthest home runs are usually ever hit is either from a slider or a curveball 
because usually when you mess up that slider, it spins fat over the middle, and you can middle-middle that pitch, and you can put that 400-plus feet out. You just can. 440-plus feet out by the way that these guys are hitting home runs left and right. Brady Singer, I personally say shut him down. That's just me. Give him two more starts. If he gives up five earned, both of them, you just shut him down. It's kind of like with the cap limit, what we saw at Brad Keller a couple seasons ago. Uh, they weren't going to let him go over 180. I honestly think they should not let Brady go over 150. Because Brady Singer right now is just, I, I want him to do well. He's already at 91 innings. Last season, he threw 64. So, there's a lot of time from here to now if he wants to go one ni- uh, 150. Heck, give him his cap at 125 at this point. Let's see what he does. I mean, 3-8, that's... Grady, you don't want to go off win-loss records I mean, for pitchers in Major League Baseball because that stat's kind of irrelevant. It's all about the ERA, the strikeouts, the walk plus. That's... His ERA now, right now is a 5.42. That is not what I expected. I thought this coming the season, Brady Singer is just going to shine out. I mean, he finished eighth in Rookie of the Year voting last season. And, I mean, with a 4 point, was it, a 4.808 last year for the 60-game sprint, that was good. So I was like, okay, Brady Singer might actually be dealing. He might have a sub-3 ERA. Nope, 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 he doesn't. All right, that's one. Shut down Brady Singer. Two, keep Edward Olivares on the main club. There's no reason for this guy to keep going back and forth, wasting at-bats in the minors because he tears it up in the minors every single time he goes sitting back down. He's been back back and forth between the Royals and the Storm Chasers five different times this year. And it seems like on a moment notice, they're like, hey, yo, uh, uh, we, got a, we got a guy hurt. We're going to send a guy to the I.L. Well, let's, let's bring up Eddie. Bring up Eddie. Eddie O, bring him up. No, keep Eddie O in the majors because maybe his bat actually might flourish, kind of like how he was in his last stint for being called up. And personally, I thought Edward Olivares was going to stay on the big club once Jorge Soler was traded to the Atlanta Braves. I, I just thought that that was the way of him saying, or the, or the front office saying, hey, Edward, we love the fact that you're going back and forth this entire time. Granted, the, the team options this year are irrelevant, so you can just keep on going back and forth as many times as you want. Just keep going like I, hey just we're gonna keep you here like we're, we're not we're, we're done sending you back and forth there's so much talent in our storm changers system for the storm changers in triple a like there's there's too much there's a a, a wealth a youth movement coming into triple uh, a and we've all seen that uh, shine but eddie o needs to stay on the big club it's he's wasting at bats in the minors he needs to i guess develop or even see more major league pitchers the entire time because you're not seeing that type of pitching in the minors. You might as well just keep them up there. This is a, a, a washed season anyways. So if you're just trying to see, all right, so is Eddie the guy? Is Eddie the guy that could possibly be our center fielder for next year, our starting center fielder? Because remember, Michael Taylor's only on a one-year deal, and I highly doubt he stays in Kansas City next season. So if this is a, uh, what's it? what's it called, a... A, um, a, a talent observation, maybe a tryout of saying, hey, we're going to keep you up here this entire time. Let's see what you can do. Because there's like six weeks, seven weeks left of the regular season of Major League Baseball, which it has flown by. Like I, I feel like at this point in the season, since preseason of, uh, of week one for the NFL starts pretty much, it started this week. Granted, the Hall of Fame game was last week. But 
it's that time in the year where it's middle part of August. August is almost over. September's right around the corner. If you're if you're already out like the Royals, why don't you just make your steps forward of going towards next season in order to see who's going to fill out that that forty man roster? Who's going to fill out that twenty six man roster at the start of the season next year? There's that's what you need to do. You just need to prep yourself for that. And lastly, what the Royals can do to salvage this season is call up Bobby Witt Jr. right now. I was in the camp at the beginning of the season saying there's no reason for Bobby Witt Jr. to start, heck, even, or get called up. Heck, even two months ago, or a month ago, I was like, just keep him in the minors. And then once I realized how, the because I mean, the minor league level right now, there's a gap between low A to high A. There's a gap between high A to double A. There's a big gap between double A to triple A. And there's a massive, like, gigantic, like, from ocean to ocean type gap between triple A and Major League Baseball. But from that gap from double A to triple A, as it is, granted, it's a bigger gap than most people think. Bobby Witt Jr. is flourishing right now in triple A. So he's kind of forcing the hand of Dayton Moore to say, hey, call me up. Because why not? Like, there's there's, there's no reason. Alberto Modesty's hurt. He's on a rehab assignment. His rehab assignment right now has gone dreadful at the dish. But Bobby Witt Jr. right now can help bring in those ticket sales. Because, Grant, you, you, you obviously know the biggest hype around a player is once he's called up, how many people will show up. Because right now, Major League Baseball... For the Kansas City Royals, the only reason why I believe fans are showing up to watch the Royals baseball is to watch Salvador Perez. Salvador Perez is a, a, a unicorn. I still believe Salvador Perez is still the face of Kansas City until he has retired from Major League Baseball. So sorry, Patrick Mahomes, for saying that. But I still believe Salvador Perez is still the face of Kansas City. So people are going to come watch the face of Kansas City because the heart and soul that he has for the Royals, people love and appreciate that, especially for if you're in the Kansas City Royals market. People, people want to go see him. They want to go see Whit Merrifield. They also want to go out on Friday nights, especially last night was the last uh, Firework Friday uh, that they had. People like going out to see fireworks if you're in Kansas City. So people are going to show up. There's a lot of people that showed up last night because, of granted, the Cardinals are in town, so people are going to, of course, there's a lot of Cardinals fans here in Missouri, especially Kansas City up in St. Joe. Heck, I'm a Cardinals fan. But still, people are going to show up to watch Sidewater Press. So people are, will show up no matter what. They'll probably sell out Kaufman if Bobby Witt Jr. gets called up, say, Tuesday, say, Thursday, say, next week, say, a couple weeks from now, say, a week before, a few days before September, people will show up and Kaufman will sell out. So why not call up Bobby Witt Jr.? Because he is just tearing it up in AAA. Heck, Dayton Moore was there a few nights ago just to watch, I guess, MJ Melendez, who is also hit his 30th home run of minor league baseball just last night. Nick Prado is tearing it up. Bobby Witt Jr., Jackson Coar. You keep naming these players. I keep naming these players. And these are players that we're going to see for the future of the Kansas City Royals. There's a reason why that Nick Prado, MJ Melendez, to name a few, kept winning their low A championship, their high A championship. Heck, Northwest Arkansas, uh, bound to happen to win a championship, but they all were to stay there. There's a reason why all this talent in the minor league system is moving up and it's finally at AAA and we're like tasting the, say you're tasting the salt off that, that strong drink at the bar, you're tasting that, that bitter sweetness, but once that, that drink comes in, it just slaps you in the face because we're not actually fully getting the full potential to what the Royals could possibly have until next season. So why not just give us that small taste of it right now? There's no reason for it. 
I don't know. That, so you either need to shut down Brady Singer right now, keep Edward Olivares up in the main club, and call up Bobby Witt Jr. within the week. Just do it. I'm Kramer here with Saturdays with Kramer, right here on the Bet 1660. Preseason week one started this week. How did the AFC West do this past week? We'll talk about that next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. There it is with Kramer here on the Bet 1660. I almost can't get that all out of my mouth on that one. That little tongue twister. Saturdays with Kramer. Saturdays with Kramer. Saturdays with Kramer. Maybe it's not much of a tongue twister, but just me tripping over my tongue. I do that from time to time. But yeah, Saturdays with Kramer here on the Bet 1660 right here in Kansas City. We're live and we're local always every single Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. We are live and local on the Bet 1660. So set that reminder on your phone. Let it say, hey, I get to listen to Kramer on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. to get your day going. Especially on your Saturdays. I mean, usually, I mean, I'm 24 years old, about three years, less than three years ago. I'd be waking up Saturdays. I mean, sorry, I know, Mom, if you're listening. I would wake up hungover. I would turn on music, radio, sports radio around this time. Actually, to be honest, I would I was not awake around this time. I, I usually wasn't. But hey. If you're awake now, usually, just set that reminder. Just say, hey, Saturdays with Kramer. Just listen to some sports radio, some local sports radio, because, I mean, we're going to talk about Royals. We're going to talk about Chiefs, AFC West, especially right now. We're talking about the AFC West. Preseason of week one in the NFL officially has started. And my gosh, is it horrendous football from second quarter on? Like, it's it's literally not good football. Like, these are guys that are lobbying and jockeying for a, a, a position, I guess, for to fill out depth charts at some point when it hits the second half. And granted, kudos to you. If you're out there watching all four quarters of the Kansas City Chiefs tonight, because, I mean, Andy Reid earlier this week said that, all right, we're going to have your 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 one's going to go in the first quarter, your two's go in the second, your three's go in the fourth, your four's go in the, um, uh, your three's go in the third, the fourth's go in the fourth. Um, uh, yeah, etc. So you at least know that way where you're at least going to see Pat, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, all the starting guys, especially that offensive line. You're going to see, you know, you're going to see him play. You will. It's, that's just how it's going to happen. But look at the, the this is the, the scores of the games. Like even on Thursday, 22 to 13, Patriots over Washington, 24 to 16, Steelers over to the Eagles. 23 to 3 on the Titans Falcons. The Falcons only put up three points. That's ridiculous. Bills 16, Lions 15. That was off of a walk-off field goal by Bass. 19 to 16 Cardinals over the Cowboys. This is just not good football right now. This is kind of like when you tune into the spring leagues, whether if it is the AAF, the XFL. Like, I mean, we saw games like this because you saw the talented players between the two. But, man, this is just not good football whatsoever. But let's just take a trip around the AFC West. I I write articles for Arrowhead Pride, and I have the assignment week by week of going with who's going to be what's happening for either the Denver Broncos, the Los Angeles Chargers, or the Las Vegas Raiders. And let's just start with the Denver Broncos right now because Broncos are still looking to figure out who's going to be that quarterback. And I know I said it last week. It's down between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, but 
good gosh. If you're the Denver Broncos right now, and if you do not win over eight games with this talented offense, this talented defense, and if you do not win over eight games because of your quarterback, I'm sorry, but you are doing something wrong. John Elway probably still wants to be the best quarterback in the Broncos organization no matter what. It, it's That's a proven fact. I mean, granted, Peyton Manning was there. Peyton Manning inducted the Hall of Fame. That's awesome. Like, Peyton Manning was the reason why the Broncos beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs haven't lost to the Broncos at all since Peyton Manning's gone, since he retired. That right there tells you something. That tells you how bad and poor the quarterback room is for the Denver Broncos if John Elway is still the best guy there. Remember, this is the guy that complained to refs back, oh man, was it like, it was sometime during the 90s where, yeah, wait, probably before I was born, where he had to pretty much tell the refs that he can't make calls because Arrowhead was way too damn loud for him. And they were going to subject the, the Chiefs to losing timeouts in order for the crowd to calm down, like to, to be quiet. Now, that's that's just him being a little salty and a little bit of a baby. But the Denver Broncos quarterback situation is just dreadful. Drew Locke's not the answer. Teddy Bridgewater signed a pretty good deal with the Panthers. And they traded him because they, got, they acquired Sam Darnold. They think Sam Darnold's the answer out there in Carolina, which I absolutely agree with. But Teddy Bridgewater is not the guy. Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, he was great for, I mean, he was decent for the Vikings. Then Sam Darnold, that, I think it was Sam, not Sam Darnold, why did I say that? Sam Bradford, another Sam, Sam I Am, uh, Kirk Cousins, who was the other guy, the Case Keenum, who, <laughs> Case Keenum, a former Denver Broncos quarterback. Oh, that's just terrible. Oh, man, that's just, that's really good, actually. Case Keenum, man, that's that's a that's a hell of a name too. He was he wasn't bad, I mean, but he wasn't good. But you got guys like Jerry Judy on this team who was balling out against the Minnesota Vikings. Interesting. Minnesota Viking quarterbacks and Denver Bronco quarterbacks might have the same thing. Except is Kirk Cousins going to actually come to Denver at some point? If Kirk Cousins ends up being a Denver Bronco, I mean, granted, it's not going to ha- it's not anything's going to happen. Like, I mean, he's going to still suck. It's the it's a Denver Broncos. Vic Fangio is not a good the quarterback. He's he's always he's. I don't think he's never liked Drew Locke. But I mean, you you guys you, you can't have Vaughn Miller, Bradley Chubb, Jerry Judy, or Cortland Sutton throwing a football. Or heck, Patrick Sertain can't even throw a football. He, they can't be, have a quarterback. They need a quarterback. Derek Broncos. That's that's your thing. You need a quarterback. Uh, and even during that uh, the Broncos and Vikings scrimmage. The Vikings camp said Drew Locke looked like the guy. But out of Derek Broncos camp, they said Teddy Bridgewater was the most consistent that they've seen in a while. So there's conflicting reports from both camps saying who's the guy. And I honestly wonder if the Derek Broncos, since I mean they're not going to play each other at all during the regular season, they'll play each other during the uh, during preseason this week, actually tonight, they'll play each other. And they're just probably just talk, kind of like talking, saying, "Hey, can you tweet this out? Like, or can you like make a report on this?" Saying Drew Locke's the guy. We'll do something about Teddy Bridgewater, so people still don't know what we're doing. And if they still do a week by week basis on who, who who's going to be the actual starting quarterback. Get out. Go back to the send the Denver Broncos to the college football. Send them to the XFL. Send them to the AAF because you cannot sustain a winning team off a week by week quarterback. You just can't do it. Let's go to the Las Vegas Raiders. They take on the Seattle Seahawks tonight. 
um, 8 p.m. Central. Oh, by the way, the game for the Broncos and Vikings tonight is at, well, this afternoon is at 3 o'clock. But the Raiders right now, they the defense should be shored up. But the thing to watch for this preseason game right now is that offensive line. Rodney Hudson gone, Trent Brown gone, Gabe Jackson gone. Um, it brings in the likes of new guys like as Alex Otherward or Andre James is going to probably be the starting center uh, week one. Like we, this is the this is the first week for either the Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders, and Chargers on whether or not who's going to actually be the starting maybe the starting guys. That like this is your first glimpse of like looking at how what the depth chart's going to round up. But we're going to see a guy like Denzel Good for the Las Vegas Raiders actually. Get some playing time. Get some starting time, actually, because he's usually the dude from last season with Rodney Hudson hurt. Well, Rodney Hudson's Mr. Reliable, usually. Uh, but with uh, him or uh, Trent Brown, Gabe Jackson last year, even Richie Incognito, Denzel Good will always step up and play. So if people are still thinking that this offensive line for the the Las Vegas Raiders is going to be dreadful, it won't be. Like the, this, is, this, this offensive line will still be decently well because of still the players that they have Left over. Colt Miller's still going to be your tackle. Alex Leatherwood's your right tackle now because you got a guy in Trent Brown who's only played 16 games in two seasons. Granted, that's like one full season of the NFL because last year he was on the COVID 19 list and he also dealt with injuries. So this offensive line group for the Raiders is what you need to watch if you're the Kansas City Chiefs looking forward. If you're a Chiefs fan looking forward to see if, like, okay, can Chris Jones fight, go through? Can Frank Clark battle through? Can Willie Gay somehow do a, a linebacker blitz? Can Jared Reed go clog up that middle? Like you're gonna, you're, you, you, if you're a Chiefs fan right now, you want to see how this Raiders offense, uh, offensive line works because they have the offensive weapons. Like we, we've seen that where the Chiefs should have probably lost both games last season to the Raiders, but with Patrick Mahomes uh, drawing Jonathan Abram in and Travis Kelsey finding a way wide open because of that Jonathan Abram miss, uh, mishap defensive play, Chiefs probably would have lost that game. And then Derek Carr threw that interception, like when they got the they got the ball back. But still, look at that uh, offensive line group uh, for the Raiders when it comes to nine at eight o'clock. Then we'll go over to the Los Angeles Chargers real quick. And Los, Los Angeles Chargers, I was it took me some time to figure out what could be their running back one situation for the position battle to watch because Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson, you put them neck and neck right next to each other, they play and act like the same player. Like, you can give Justin Jackson those five to ten receptions off the receiving core, and he'll still end up being able to make seven or eight of those catches if he gets nine to ten of the passes. Like, this is a pass-first option. There's no reason for it to not be a pass-first option, especially in a, under a new system and another a new head coach for, for the Chargers. So I would like to see both running backs out there at all times on on left and right side of Justin Herbert because honestly if you need to have one of them blocked they both can block for Justin Herbert if they have to just put both running backs back there and if they do that that offense might actually be good it, we already seen with Justin Herbert he's he's decently good already so yeah the the Chargers play the Los Angeles Rams tonight on NFL Network at 9 o'clock so 3 o'clock 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock if you're not watching the Kansas City Chiefs take on the 49ers tonight. I'm Kramer here on Saturdays with Kramer here on the 1660, the bet 1660 to be exact. We're going to make some money next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the bet 1660.
Terry Lou Kramer here on the Bet 1660. Remember, you can always chime in and so discuss all the topics I've discussed so far, whether that was the Kansas City Royals, the AFC West stuff. You can tweet at me, at Kramer Talks. You can also ask me some questions. I will love to answer any questions you have, so make sure you send them their way. Make sure they're appropriate. I mean, oh, who cares? If they, make sure they don't have the seven dirty words in it. We all know. No, I will not list off them. It's a quick Google search for you. But it is the Bet 1660, and I love doing this every single week that I've been on. This is actually week number three. If you all did not listen to my first episodes, because the very first episode that I had to come in here, wire up the studio with shoelaces, elbow grease, some deodorant. Heck, I even had some bubble gum out of it to make sure we were on air. Those like the little antenna wires to make sure I went over air because I mean I thought I was on air for the first two segments and I wasn't. That that's that's the funny part. But yeah, no, let's uh let's uh, let's try to make some money here on uh, on the sixteen sixty stars of Kramer. So, if you have the Quick Pick MLB Rally app, which I love this thing, I just keep doing it every single day, and I end up just like winning. Of course, almost every single day, I at least get like four or five right. Grand last week when I was with you guys, I did not give you the proper ones, but I at least got two right if you were if you played along with me at home. So let's go with a Quick Pick. If you have it right now, make sure you open the app or download it. If you want to be friends with me, we can uh, always go up against competitions with each other on this thing, so it's always fun. It's an interactive way to uh, get, I guess, and be engaged with you all. So let's just go with the first question. Will Rocky Slugger Brendan Rogers extend his hitting streak to 16 games today? Uh, flat out answer is yes or no. No, he won't. The, the, the Giants are doing way too damn good right now. It's actually excellent to watch. They are the best record in Major League Baseball, which is shocking because everybody was thinking everybody's favorite Los Angeles Dodgers was either going to be there or how the San Diego Padres last season was just, or the offseason was just going at it for just acquiring talent. Whether that's Blake Snell, we already knew, but you Darvish. Heck, Joe, Joe Musgrove's been amazing there. So, yeah, no, that's... Uh, Rockies, Brendan Rodgers will not extend his hitting streak. Uh, veteran DH Nelson Cruz went yard yesterday in his first game back in Minnesota. Will he hit another home run today? Flat out yes or no answer. I, I'm saying no. He's not going to go back-to-back days. If he does, prove me wrong because Nelson Cruz is awesome. Boomstick baby. Love that guy. Number three, how many total runs will be scored in today's game between the A's and Rangers? I say 11 or more. That's that's probably about right. It's going to be a, a slugfest, especially in that ballpark in Texas. That thing's a hitter's dream. They actually made that ballpark to help the dimensions for Joey Gallo and their and their left-handed batters just to have that ball sail out real quick. I mean, we saw with the right-handed bats of Adolis Garcia, uh, former Cardinal alert. Uh, he he's he's tearing up this year, but I think 11 or more runs will be scored between the A's and Rangers today. Which starter will post the most outs on the road today? Is it James Carpelian against the Rangers? Will it be Joe Musgrove against the Arizona Diamondbacks? Luis Garcia versus the Angels? Or Hinjin Ryu against Seattle. I'm saying Joe Musgrove against Arizona. The thing is, Arizona has like a 13 wins and like 49 losses on the road. Granted, it's going to be a home game for him, but I think Joe Musgrove is just, he, I think he's just flat out better. I mean, Hinjin Ryu would be sweet, but Seattle's actually been really hot. James Carpillion against Texas, they're going to put up runs, so I don't know how long he's going to have. Luis Garcia might be the answer, but at some point, He's going to get tagged by Shohei. Showtime, Shohei Otani. Right, question number five. Which lefty slugger will re register the most total bases today? 
Is it Joey Gallo, Mike Yastrzemski, Matt Olson, or the Crone Zone, Jake Croneworth? I, go Matt Olson on this one. I'll tell you why later. Uh, number six, which team will win today's AL West contest between the Astros and the Angels? And how many runs will they win by? Angels by three. Go for that all day. That's what you need to do right now. If you have any type of sports book or a bookie, say Angels by three today against the Astros. I bet you win some money. Three or more. Number seven. How many strikeouts will Jamison Tyone and Dylan Cease each record during today's Yankees and White Sox game? I say Tyone five and Cease seven. And the last question on the MLB rally, how many total hits will be tallied in the second game of today's Brewers and Pirates doubleheader? I say a total of 16. It seems like usually the players are more tired during the second game of years past because the nine innings, nine innings, back-to-back games, which they might end up going back to that next year. But usually the players are more tired, but this year, 16 hits, you can get eight apiece for each team. That's not bad. That's actually not a bad thing, especially with all the strikeouts and outs being put up out there. All right, so if you have the MLB rally out, make sure you put those in for today. If you missed that, make sure you check the podcast page. Um, I will be posting a link out on my Twitter or my Snapchat or whatever you uh, follow me on so you can, uh, I guess, listen back. So let's go to FanDuel now. I love FanDuel. You can use the same exact lineup for DraftKings. I did the numbers. You can do either one. This is your FanDuel lineup for Major League Baseball that you should do today. I will not be doing preseason football lineups. I'm going to put that out there right now. We'll not be doing preseason football lines because you cannot judge them. So once week one hits for the NFL, we're going to have FanDuel or DraftKings NFL lineups. And I know for a fact, I, I mean, I made money last year on FanDuel. Uh, especially for the NFL. I, I did. I made I made money last year on the KBO. I used to do really good on NBA. But also, I need to make you my, give you my disclaimer on this one because this actually uses money. I put 25 cents down. I put 25 cents down each week for what I want to do. I, my, my, this is my disclaimer. You can use these lineups if you want. If it doesn't make you money, then you don't blame me. I am not an expert whatsoever, but I have a very good hunch of what I'm uh, planning on doing, especially pitcher, Go use Kikuchi, the Seattle Mariners guy. He was a an all-star then, but this year, actually. He's got to against Toronto. I think the Seattle Mariners are going to keep on rolling. They won off a walk-off walk last night, and they should be able to carry that momentum over. Granted, he's going to be against Hinjin Ryu, so I mean, it's a, it's a, a good battle between uh, J- Team Japan versus Team uh, South Korea. So that's perfect. That's a, that's a great matchup storyline right there, that these two guys were overseas bosses that came over here to the States to play professionally at the highest level, and they're showing it this year. They they absolutely are. So go get Silkakuchi. For your catcher first baseman, go Severo Perez. You need to get Salvi in your lineup today. Going against the Cardinals, John Lester, who hasn't been good at all since his first two starts. Granted, his last, last game, well, his first game was on the road in Atlanta, was rocked. It's seven runs, earned runs, I believe, in the first inning. Go This year, this past week, John Lester was up against the Royals. I think it was on Sunday. And he was good the first three innings. Then he just he just couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it. Start Salvador Perez. At second base, start with Merrifield. Because, one, John Lester's out there. Witt's leading the league in stolen bases. He's going to swipe you a couple bags today. I know it for a fact. Granted, Yachty may or may not be behind the dish. Usually he has Sundays off. It's uh, um, uh, it's uh, Andrew Kisner is usually the backup uh, catcher for him on Sundays. So Kisner might be back there. It might be Yachty. Witt's going to still get a couple bags stolen. At third base, do Isaiah Kiner-Kalefa. He's leading off, so you should at least see five at-bats for him. So I'm hoping at, at those five at-bats he's got on base at least twice, whether it's a hit or a walk. Shortstop, go with Wander Franco. Just go for it. 
I'm going to the outfield now. Tyler O'Neill versus Brad Keller. What do I need to say more? It's Brad Keller. I know it's sad. I know it's terrible for me to say, but Brad Keller isn't the guy like Brad Keller was last year. So if we're on that same thing in the outfield, start Tommy Edmond as well. Tommy Edmond yesterday played amazing. Tyler Neal today might hit a home run. I feel like he will. It's it's just it's it's hot out. Well, it's not hot out, but it's that right temperature for the ball to fly and sail. If it doesn't rain here in Kansas City, the ball should be sailing. In the outfield, last outfield spot, Chris Bryant. Giants keep on rolling. They're going against Kyle Friedland, who has a 4.65 ERA against the Rockies. They're in San Fran. Go Chris Bryant. And for utility, go Matt Olson because Jordan Lyles has a 5.46 ERA. This is and it's a great hitter's ballpark. That's the reason why I wanted you to take Matt Olson over in the, in the quick pick. So yeah. And also, if you want everyone to join a fantasy football league right now, I have spots open. I do. At Kramer Talks right now. If you want to join my fantasy football league, at me right now and say, hey, I want to join and I'll hook you up. I will. It's a 20-man league. It's something different, something fun. So join the league if you want to, to have some fun and also talk sports with me. Field of Dreams yesterday. Not yesterday. Good gosh, no. This this has been a long week. It has been a long week. I I, I, worked, I, worked, I worked plenty of jobs, whether if it's for Arrowhead Pride or whether if it's for uh, Odyssey here or if it's for T-Shots. Thursday night was Field of Dreams. We'll discuss next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on The Bet 1660. Sorry, it's with Kramer here on the bet 1660. Have about maybe less than eight minutes with y'all. Maybe six. My math is right. I was I was going to be a math major to start things off with school-wise. And uh, then I realized I had to take calculus again. So it's a calculus in high school. I mean, you probably all don't want to know this, but it's a calculus in high school. It finished with a C, and they said, hey, you, I, we, we advise you to retake calculus. And I said, nope. I'm transferring to Northwest. I'm getting into radio. I'm done with doing math. And yeah, I got about six minutes with y'all to be exact now. So at least my math was somewhat relatively close. Field of Dreams is on Thursday. It's a great segue, by the way. Field of Dreams is on Thursday, and man, that was just... That could have been right out of the movie. If you haven't watched the movie, like myself, fully, I, I haven't watched Field of Dreams fully. I, I was supposed to. I even went to the Field of Dreams this past uh, this past year, like this in June. I actually went to the Field of Dreams, and it was awesome. It was it was a cool sight to see. the The corn was even that tall yet, but just watching the the Yankees and the White Sox players just come out of that corn, you see Kevin Costner walk out, and like that 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 part was out of the movie, where he just came walking out, just you know, just taking his slow walk into the mound, looking over to the outfield, and boom, here comes these uh, these players, which. You could not see those players at all just walk out. Like that was just awesome. Like they you couldn't see them from afar. They just came out of the cornfield like it was nothing. Like it was just like them coming out to just like I'm getting chills right now just thinking about it. I'm not even watching the video of it coming back out. Because I mean if you just go to the any type of social media, whether it's on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, heck, it might be on Tumblr. Who knows? If that Tumblr's even still around. Heck, you are gonna see this and you will get chills no matter what. It was awesome. It was a storybook, I guess. Ending to the night, too. The the White Sox got up um, on top real quick. They kept hitting bombs, 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 bombs. A lot of corn uh, was being... Well, I mean, don't eat the corn out there. There's so much chemicals on that corn. I've seen those White Sox players eat the corn. Good gosh, you know, that that's not good. Like, clearly, I can't remember who it was that actually took a bite of it and spit it out, but I'm glad you spit that out because there was, it probably didn't taste good. 
I mean, usually they either boil corn, grill corn. I think grilling corn is more superior. But that's just me. But no, this thing ended off a walk-off Tim Anderson home run, which was awesome because the Yankees came back to take the lead in the top of the ninth off of Giancarlo Stanton home run, and then boom, here comes Mr. I-can-hit-bombs Tim Anderson, and Mr. Bat flips himself. It was just awesome. It was just great to see. It's uh, it, If that was the movie itself right there, you don't even need to watch the movie Field of Dreams. Granted, you should because it's over the, the, the 1919 Black Sox scandal. But if the Major League Baseball needs to continue to do something like this, it would be great to see them do a remake of other baseball stadiums of video of movies. If they're going to put Field of Dreams to life, which was awesome, you got to put the Sandlot in there. Make the Sandlot. That's a great movie. The Sandlot's a great movie. You need to have that stadium. Heck, you can even have the Beast out on left field. You can have the the Beast's outfield bar or something like that. You can just add stuff to it. But Man, this was, it was a great thing for the Field of Dreams to take place, and I obviously think that it should obviously happen every single season. It doesn't have to be the White Sox every single time. But honestly, it probably should be the White Sox versus someone else because kind of like last year, before it was going to happen last year, but the pandemic kind of set that aside because it was supposed to be the Cardinals and White Sox last year, which would have been awesome to see. But this year was the Yankees. But honestly, the White Sox should host this event year-round. Just one week of the of the year because they went from Chicago to Dyersville, Iowa to back to Chicago, which is like a two-hour drive, three-hour drive. I mean, it's an easy flight if you take a flight there. They probably drove there no matter what because I honestly don't think where the, the closest airport is there. It might have been Des Moines. But so that's, that's from Des Moines to Dyersville, still a two-hour drive. Trust me, I, I, I rode that. But this is something that we could see take place for – or help introduce more into a different landscape and using the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum as something else. Like we saw, we downtown in Kansas City, we have the the complex over there, the Academy of Youth Sports, I believe it's what it's called, the, the Youth Sports uh, Academy there for the Kansas City Royals. I, I, it's probably not what it's called. I don't know why it's, it's blanking me right now. But there, it's literally a few blocks away from the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. And if you're trying to use that backdrop and stuff for it, that would be awesome. Heck, if you need to make a makeshift stadium, kind of like how they made a makeshift stadium for the Field of Dreams, go for it. Just to represent and show how powerful and how spectacular the Negro Leagues was. And heck, you already know you're going to have the, the nice, flashy uniforms as always. The Negro League uniforms are spectacular, and they are awesome. If you haven't gone to the Negro League's Baseball Museum, I highly advise you to go. I think it was – I've been there plenty of times, especially as a kid. I need to go back there, though, because I, I'm, I, I assume they've added more stuff to it. Especially also, if you go there and Bob Kendrick's there, and he's obviously – and he's going to – and he does give tours every once in a while – if you end up getting Bob Kendrick to tell you stories, that's awesome. That's it's just it it brings a smile to my face because of how what has brought down from uh, from all the the Negro Leagues past all the stories and stuff he has accumulated that all from Buck O'Neill and he's just passionate about it and it is awesome and I absolutely adore it and I love it and heck even with his podcast I listen to it it's, um, the Black Diamonds thing that he does like it's it's awesome like. If you want to hear stories about the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, uh, like or about all the Negro Leagues back in the day, that's the thing you need to listen to because it's just it brings a smile to your face of like how everything was back then. 
So if you're coming from the field of dreams aspect, I think that Major League Baseball should try to accumulate a, an off-site regular season Major League Baseball game elsewhere. It's kind of like how they did it over, I think it was at Fort Bragg, they had a baseball game there. The During the Little League World Series, which is, uh, granted, Little League World Series to me is completely overrated. They had uh, at Williamsport, they had a baseball game there. Heck, they had a, a Tigers-Royals game up in Omaha, and that's when Nicky Lopez hit his first home run. So there's there's some good things to having different types of onset stuff, but the Field of Dreams thing was so magical, and it was just awesome. If you haven't watched the movie, why not go for it and watch it now? There's there's no reason for you not to. It's just a fun a fun game. Heck, honestly, if you want to go watch, back and watch a baseball game this past year, Put on the the Field of Dreams baseball game between the Yankees and White Sox because that's going to make sure it's a it's going to be a, a a fun one to watch if you're just a casual watching fan of Major League Baseball. As the music sounds, means there's only less than sixty seconds left of Saturdays with Kramer. You can listen to Saturdays with Kramer every single Saturday from nine a.m. to ten a.m. A quick hour. This this hour goes by so quick. I wish I had more time. I, I really do. I wish I had two hours. I could talk to you guys for days. Whether if you guys listen to me is a, is a different question. I'm going to end on the note for today because, I mean, my attire that I wore, you can't see me. You can only hear me. I got Adidas and Reebok on, but Adidas agrees to sell Reebok for $2.5 billion. Billion. Can I at least get like a million of that? I could pay off my student loans. I could just do this constantly. Yeah, 2.5 billion Reeboks is sold by Adidas. Everybody have a good one. I'll talk to you guys next week. Peace out. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660.